Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. You will find this program to have your best interest at heart. You can help us to continue this library of educational topics to help you preserve your home and family. As a nonprofit organization, we would appreciate your monetary support. Here is your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. My guest, in addition to working full-time as a clinical psychologist, has volunteered his time to helping those who have been cyber-attacked. He has made it his mission to inform Internet users about other online users who use the Internet for the purpose of defamation, libel, and slander to control, manipulate, and squelch others driven by the need for power and control or personal and financial gain. He also tells us about his own personal experience of being cyber-attacked. My guest is a cyber-psychology expert and internet safety educator and also authored the two concepts, iPredator and Dark Psychology. Let's bring him on to our show, Dr. Michael Nucciatelli. In terms of the internet, like many other things, it can be a tool to learn and benefit from or it can be used in a very, very pernicious way. And I'm happy to have Dr. Michael Nucciatelli on the program to help us, to give us some direction and how we can stay safe on the internet. But before we get into our discussion, uh, Doctor, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do in the city of New York, if you would. Yes, good day. And thank you, Mr. Diaz, for having me on. What we're talking about today to me is a very important uh, topic. Uh, well, clearly, real quick, my name is Dr. Michael Michitelli. I'm a New York State licensed psychologist, uh, cyber psychology researcher, and I am the creator of what we're going to discuss a little bit about today is the dark side of cyberspace concept called iPredator. Uh, but my job is I presently own my, I have my own group practice. We're called MN Psychological Services, PLLC. And by day, I work with the chronically mentally ill, those that suffer from schizophrenia, schizoaffective, bipolar, some dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to that, not only do I treat patients, but I also supervise my other psychologists and social workers that also treat the chronically mentally ill. Uh, but after work on the weekends is where I do, you know, everything related to iPredator. Uh, for the last decade, I have volunteered helping those that have been cyber attacked, whether that be the cyber bully, the trolled, uh, the cyber stalk. Um, and then I also disseminate a lot of educational information uh, throughout my social accounts. In addition to such as what we're doing today, Mr. Diaz, is providing, you know, educational content via Internet radio and also other types of uh, uh, media formats. So that's that's me. And iPredator is the concept. There you go. Very good. Well, I commend you for for that. Um, you mentioned uh, one term there, troll. You know, when I think of troll or trolling, uh, I go out in the uh, salt water and, and troll for fish, different kinds of fish, <laughs> use, right? You know, I use different baits to see what's yeah. the best to use. So I can see the analogy there that can be used. So uh, how common is this this problem on well, the when, internet? When we, when we talk about, again, when we talk about iPredator, we're yeah. talking about eight different types of online assailant. Would you like me to give you the eight real quickly? 
Yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. So related to particularly for parents, educators that are listening, the pediatric form of iPredator is cyberbullying. Now, cyberbullying is restricted to and involves child-on-child cyber attacks. The adult manifestation of cyberbullying would be cyber harassment, cyber stalking, and then what you just mentioned, internet trolling. Then what we have are is cyber crime, aka cyber criminals, cyber terrorism, and then the most perverse and deviant of the bunch are your online child predators and online child pornography consumers and distributors. Those eight types of online assailants make up the concept of iPredator. So the second part to know about iPredator is that there are three criteria to know if you're an iPredator or somebody who may be targeting you as an iPredator. And I give those real quickly. They're very simple and straightforward. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, the most obvious is the use of information communication technology to target, to harm, to taunt, to molest, to steal from another online user. The second is a self-awareness of causing harm to an online user. Now that one, and when we talk about mitigating factors, when we talk about self-awareness, sometimes if a person suffers from a severe psychiatric illness, they may not know, they may not be aware of the harm that they're causing. Also in some situations with children, when they're cyberbullying another child, they are not, you know, obviously for developmental reasons, they're not quite sure that the harm that they're causing is serious. They may think they're joking and it's just a big game, but they don't understand the traumatization that they're causing another child. So we have the use of technology, a self-awareness of the technology causing harm. And then the third criteria is what I call cyber stealth. And what cyber stealth is, is online deception to where either you as the eye predator, you don't want your target, your victim to know your true identity, or you're skewing and you're kind of um, muddying the proverbial waters so that the target, the victim is not quite sure what your true intentions are. So if you or the person you're thinking about meets those criteria and they do it repetitively, repeatedly, three times or more, they are an eye predator. Interesting. I, let me ask you this, doctor, how common or pervasive is this issue in, in today's world? Well, goodness gracious, Mr. Diaz, uh, when we're talking about eight different criteria, I mean, eight different types. Yeah. The only typology that we have yet seen, again, we're at the beginning of a period of history called the information age. Mm -hmm. So we're only 40 to 50 years into a period of history. Goodness gracious is going to last centuries um, with the next being, which we're only starting to see now, which is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. But as it stands right now, I would venture to guess, you know, all of us have dealt with some type of uh, uh, predator in the past. Now, I don't want to say all and be an absolutist, but I would say anywhere from 60 all the way up to 90% of us, because we live in the information age, have dealt with a cyber stalker, an internet troll. Most children have dealt with cyberbullying in some way, shape, manner, or form. Children are either cyberbullies or they've been cyberbullied or they're what's called bystanders. They are witness to cyberbullying that's going on. And of the bystanders, maybe we, that's a whole different show when we talk about cyberbullying because it's so important. 
we have what are called upstanders. And that is a segment of the child population we want to encourage. Upstanders, now be it, they're rare, uh, but these are our ch uh, child online users that see, they recognize the cyberbullying and they do something about it. They go to an adult, they tell a parent, they tell the school about what's going on. They stand up for the victim. Those are called upstanders. But when we're dealing with iPredator as a whole, I would venture to guess, obviously we don't have statistics of all eight, but if you were to put them together, I would say anywhere between seven to eight out of 10 of all of us have dealt with some type of cyber attack in some way, shape, manner, or form in our lives. Oh, my goodness. I have read, uh, doctor, that on a given day, there's about 500,000 active predators online. That sound about right to you? Well, yes. Well, the FBI, yes. Uh, I mean, Mr. Diz, but that is online uh, child predators or online predators. So, yes, okay. at any given time, the FBI reports there's 500,000, yes. which is quite a lot, quite a lot, yes. you know, with the predominant, which, you know, you got to think everything on a bell curve. But mm -hmm. according to the FBI, they say 50 percent of children who are targeted by online child predators that are adults are between 12 and 15. Mm -hmm. Then we're, we're, they say that anywhere about 89 percent are contacted through chat rooms and through text message, instant messaging services. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, those are two small methods in which communication, but the vast majority of online child predation, the, let's say, the platforms or the environment occurs in online gaming environments mm -hmm. and social media. And social media platforms for children are many, I mean, we don't see too many children on Facebook anymore. Right. Most of the children today are using Snapchat and, and some of the others. But your vast majority of online child predators, the adults, are using online gaming environments and social media platforms. Mm -hmm. well, <clears throat> yeah, I will say there's different uh, types of platforms. Uh, and that is true on Facebook. You don't see many children using that anymore. No, that's for us old folks these it, days. Yeah, it's for us old folks. <laughs> but uh, you got you have uh, TikTok. You had you have yes. uh, uh, what's WhatsApp. Uh, oh, there's so many so many uh, platforms now that is being used. Um, who is the most common victim in, in, in this uh, online predator situation? Well, I, when we're talking about online child oh, predation, it, yes. it's hard to to really put a, a nail. But typically, you know, to get into the profiling of a child, that's that's mm -hmm. a, a big nut to crack there, Mr. Diet. Yes, okay. But the quickest way to answer that would be the discouraged child, the angry child. Right. Children that are discouraged, uh, what I call, are psychologically isolated. For instance, a child or adult who is psychologically isolated, they can be in a packed stadium. You're from the West Coast, but I'll have to use my New York Yankee. You can be in, in Yankee Stadium filled. And if you're psychologically isolated, it doesn't matter how many people are around you. You feel isolated and alone. So children that are discouraged, that are psychologically isolated, that are internally angry, they are at much higher risk of being targeted by online child predators. Why? Not all, but many online child predators, they are skilled and adept to being able to 
uh, profile and assess to know if a child is, you know, a good child to target based mm. on what they're sharing, what they're doing online. Mm. My goodness, that's uh, a lot of psychology goes into that. Sounds like, uh, doctor. Uh, well, you, the, I, I, there is psychology, but unfortunately, yeah. children get online. They do not understand. Even adults, Mister Diaz, do, mm. don't understand this. That cyberspace, when it comes to information, there is only three ways that information is managed here in the information age, at least this in time. We can compile information, we can disseminate information, and we can share information. Those are the only three methods that information can be manipulated at this time as of 2022. The online child predator, they know that as well. So if they find a child that they're going to target, they will monitor, they will cyberstalk. One definition of cyberstalking is nothing more than online surveillance, but they will go to the child's, let's say, blog, a child's uh, social media platforms, what a child does online, uh, and slowly but surely retrieve data, compile data about that child. So oftentimes, an online child and predator will have a, a large database of information about the child they're going to target before they even initiate contact to that child. Mm. Interesting. Uh, so it's a matter of gaining their trust. Uh, Once contact is made, most certainly, and oftentimes, not always, the vast majority of your online child predators ultimately divulge their true identity once they groom once they gain the trust then they divulge their true identity but many online child predators they create what are called sock accounts sock puppets they they impersonate they create uh, accounts where not that i certainly would can do it um, i'm mm -hmm. not that skilled but an online child predator can create a, a social media profile where they're a 15-year-old freshman that is going to a high school that's a freshman at a proverbial, you know, uh, high school that is three counties over, over from the target or the victim. Mm -hmm. So there are online child predators who create felonious fake accounts and profiles. And then there are those that slowly but surely through online grooming divulge their true identity. And once they divulge their true identity, it all becomes making it a secret that if they can successfully gain the trust of the child, they have to make it clear that you can't go to an adult. You can't mm. go to your parents, the primary care. This is our special secret. And that's where the grooming, uh, well, obviously grooming has already begun right. when the adult child predator has divulged his true identity. Mm -hmm. I would imagine the past couple and a half years, uh, doctor, there's been a lot of that since we were all sequestered at home and in front of the screen. Would that be safe to say? Most certainly. Again, mm -hmm. I have a feeling, and it's unfortunate, is that one day in the next couple of years, there is going to be research that's going to show there's been an increase in cyberbullying, cyberstalking, cybercrime, online child predation, what we're talking a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see that there, because of COVID, the pandemic, the, the quarantine, and what we do know, the quarantine and the isolation has caused an increase in people being angry, of being anxious, 
uh, we're starting to see that the pandemic caused an increase in exasperation of symptomatology from mental illness. So it really has tested all of our mental health for all of us, whether we, we suffer from psychiatric illness or not, it has caused a lot of frustration, a lot of anguish. I can well imagine. Of course, you're in the front lines there, right in the trenches where you're able to quantify that. And uh, so I, I appreciate all that. You are listening to Your Lot and Parcel podcast. We invite you to tell a friend and to leave a rating and your commentary. We thank you in advance. We are spending time with a psychologist who has made it his personal goal to keep us safe from cyber predators. Predators are always trolling much like a fisherman trolls for fish using different baits to see what works and it is getting worse. If you are having an issue with a cyber predator, he does offer free consultation and you will find the link of his website in the show notes. Here he is again, Dr. Michael Nucciatelli. Now, of course, the most vulnerable doctor are children. And myself, I'm a, I'm a dad and also a granddad, and I'm always concerned about that. Uh, so how can parents look for as far as, uh, you know, how, how can they determine whether there's an issue there? Well, the, the best way to the best way is to see uh, is ch- in, in a child is change of behavior as a parent, okay. as a primary carer, as a grandparent you know, your child, some children are extroverted, you know, go get a social, social butterfly. Others are introverted and private. Okay. And many of them are somewhere in between. So it's when you notice that your child, you notice a shift in their behavior. Now, obviously the tween and the teen, the prepubescent pubescent child Mm -hmm. begins to go through puberty. So obviously there is a change in behavior there, Absolutely. Clearly, a parent, a primary care is going to know that there has been a shift in their in their personality that should tell you something up and above puberty. When a child becomes more secretive, not only with their own time, but their, their device, whether it be their desktop laptop in their room, even more so with their mobile device, their smartphone. Mm-hmm. That right there is another telltale sign, a red flag that something is going on. But clearly it is for parents, grandparents, primary caregivers, it is being very straightforward and engaging your child about their online lives. It's, it's crucial because children today, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a children children only had the desktop, they only had the laptop. So the internet connection was most most of the time restricted to home, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, every every child, almost every child, not your young, young child, although that's child changing, is every child is carrying with them what, Mr. Diaz? They're carrying their their desktop, their computer, their internet connection in their pocket. That's true. And even if you use parental controls, children are able to get around, are are able to use their their friends' devices. So children are accessing the internet 
essentially 16 to 18 hours a day. Mm, my goodness. That's amazing. Um, oh, yes. If I, I may, I, Mr. Diaz, if I may. Please. And again, the online child predator knows that. And mm. the online child predator, and goodness, going back to COVID, and again, Mr. Diaz, I am a proponent and I support online, you know, uh, what's called virtual learning environments. Sure. Well, online learning, VLEs accelerated fourfold because of the pandemic to where the vast majority of education moved to virtual learning environments. Now we're starting by the grace of God, we're seeing a shift back, but I hope we never get to the point where virtual learning environments becomes commonplace. It is crucial that we maintain brick and mortar schools. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. There has to be an interaction, a, a face-to-face interaction like Most that. Most certainly. Absolutely. Um, yes, I agree with you. Any child is able that is able to access the internet or has an iPhone, um, that child should be uh, uh, talked to in a very kind way by parents. But let's say a parent finds out that this is the issue, that uh, he's communicating to someone that he shouldn't. What options does a parent or a caregiver? First option is, oh, I can tell you right there. And then uh, yes. if we can, if you can ask me about digital dinner, Mr. Uh, Mr. Diz, because it's yes. important related to parents, digital yes. dinner. But yes, no, if, if you know, uh, if a parent primary caregiver, find, it is immediately uh, taking, the, taking the, uh, the device and going to your local law enforcement um, and through law enforcement, hopefully, you know, they have some connections with a cybercrime unit. It's also in your neck of the woods, wherever you're living, somewhere you can drive. It is finding somebody that is either a certified ethical hacker, an information security professional, or a digital forensics professional. Those mm-hmm. three right there, a certified ethical hacker, yes. a digital forensics professional, or an information security professional, those three, you want to make sure it's somebody that you can find that you can drive to and sit down. It is also going to local law enforcement and providing with device and coming forward and presenting what's going on. I agree. Um, On your website, uh, doctor, I, I, I read there where you indicate what needs to be implemented is compulsory education. Can you speak to that? Oh, most certainly. Thank you, Mr. Deer. Is what I believe, again, I don't know if I'll see that in my lifetime, uh, and not to date myself, but maybe you as well, Mr. Diaz. But mm-hmm. when I was young and I was in school, I had to take metal shop. I had to take wood shop. Okay. Um, those were, those were part of your education in case we went into vocational careers. What I believe because we live in the information age and because children are absolutely enveloped by technology, I think it should be a compulsory educational requirement from K through 12, where children as young as kindergarten, because I, in my volunteer work, uh, I have spoken to parents who have bought their children, oh goodness, not to pass children, who have bought their children iPhones who are four years old. Okay. So I believe it should be compulsory where children starting as early as kindergarten, first grade, all through their senior years in high school are taking, they take a class where they are introduced to cyberbullying prevention, online safety, 
and how to conduct oneself online. Mm-hmm. Because that is the only way that we can teach children, one, not to become a predator themselves, and two, most importantly, not to become victims of online child predators, cyber stalkers, and cyber bullies. Children need to learn very early on what it means to be attacked and to be targeted. Yes. Any uh, inklings of that maybe possibly being included in academics. Do you see anything like Not that? Happening? So far, uh, yeah. again, I, uh, hopefully someday. I mean, again, we don't have as part, uh, and I'm again, Mr. Diaz, I'm very Thank patriotic, you. whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, an independent in office. Um, you know, obviously I have my true, but I, I support whoever the administration is. But what we need is an internet safety, call them czar secure. We need somebody that does nothing but deals with internet safety in our in our country, not just for cyber terrorism recognition implementation, but internet safety education prevention, where it is made so that every single school introduces and has internet safety and technology as part of the educational curriculum. Because goodness gracious, Mr. Diaz, all children including of all of us adults today, we are surrounded by technology. So it should be taught in schools. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, I think it is an important part of, and it should be an important part of academics. Uh, I don't know if I should ask you this question, but do you have any horror uh, stories that you can share to drive the home point, the, the, the point home? Well, I could give you, I mean, war stories, of course, for me, anybody <laughs> yeah. can read uh, because it turned out to be a concept called troll triad uh. Uh, is that back in 2014, uh, Internet trolls. OK, Internet trolls are online users that are looking to provoke, that are looking to flame, yes. that are looking to upset you, to get you mad. Those are classic internet trolls. Well, <laughs> what we've got now, which has occurred over the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. are what I call predatory trolls. Remember, the classic trolls looks just to, uh, if I forgive my New York language, to piss you off. That's what the, uh, the internet troll does. And he, mostly men, males feel good about themselves. They give themselves the proverbial high fives. Mm. Well, over the last 10 to 15 years, we have the creation of what's called the predatory troll. And what the predatory troll is about, and the predatory troll can be uh, solo, but he or she also runs in groups. It's no longer to, they're no longer just looking to provoke you. They are going after, they're looking to character assassinate. They are looking to totally ruin your, your reputation. They will target you. They go after your loved ones. They go after your job. They go after your religious organizations, your college, your social media. Predatory trolls will go after every aspect of your life in order to completely decimate your reputation. Troll Triad was back in 2014. I was trolled. I was targeted by a small group of them, not going into the details. But one of them actually wrote a letter to the New York State Education Department Office of Professional Discipline 
calling for immediate revocation of my license, mm. alleging that I engaged in attempted homicide by internet. Goodness. It is uh, malevolent, I, I would call uh, that. A little bit. I also had an internet troll, uh, which yeah. is very important, yeah. uh, purchase. He's no longer with us. He's now deceased. But this only happened four years ago, five years now. Mm. Uh, yes, back. He purchased my name, www. My name is Michael Nucitelli. He bought michaelnucitelli.net, set up a full website as if it was me and began to publish content saying that I supported uh, con the sexual exploitation of children. He also called and recorded uh, my ex-wife's, uh, you know, uh, conversations with her husband. He attempted to contact other people from my lives. He also, uh, you know, he took my voice, made it sound in a phone conversation that I was intoxicated. It is amazing what this troll did, but first and foremost, he purchased my name, uh, michaelnucitelli.net, and created an entire website saying that it was me. My goodness. Very extensive. I mean, what what drives a person like that? I know you indicated that uh, it's kind of a high uh, euphoric uh, feeling of that, but my gosh, uh, Dr. Uh, well, Mr. Diaz, that is a this is why I wrote the theory of I predator. Yes. Uh, and this is why I'm a cyber psychology research. Now, can we say that the gentleman, uh, you know, he went by the name of Jesus, I won't use his real name, God rest his soul. Mm. Uh, his name was Shadow. Um, there's no I mean, I, I in the beginning stages, him and I were going to, you know, we kind of work together, not work together in a professional standpoint, but in a volunteer sense, because I used to have a volunteer organization called the Kane, the Cyber Attack Investigation Network. He worked briefly with us on that volunteering, but I had spoken to him on the phone on numerous occasions. Uh, it wasn't until I learned that he was engaged in some nefarious activities that cut ties with him. And that is when he targeted me. But the level of his obsession, what he did, I can't say he was a psychopath because I never performed a forensic evaluation on him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a forensic psychologist, you know, working in the courts uh, in my earlier days. Yes. But there's no way to know, but he was definitely obsessive, compulsive in terms of what he did towards me. Um, the troll triad, the reason why they sent the letter, uh, again, I cannot jump to say whether he, who I know who he is, mm -hmm. um, was a psychopath. But <clears throat> in addition to, you know, uh, writing to the education department, they also put out information, which is, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Cohen, Co that's where I went, Cohen, Cohen Tell Pro, mm -hmm. which was developed in the 1950s. Uh, they felt I was a leader. Again, all this conspiracy nonsense, um, but it, go it goes so deep. Um, so you have Troll Triad, and then you also have this other fellow, which you can read about. But though that is what happened to me, and by the grace of God, I was able to use all that to validate and to verify to verify my theory of I predator because I was a victim. Hmm. 
Interesting. That's amazing, doctor. Uh, and, and I'm sure you're not the only one that that's happened to. No, this has happened to thousands, Mr. Diaz. Yes. You know? And I am just glad that I have never been sextorted. And if we, you know, yes. we may not have time, but as it relates to children, sextortion is probably the biggest thing that's tre trending. Mm. And that's when an eye predator, an online child predator, convinces a child to send him explicit images or video or text messages. Yes. And once he has that, he now takes that information, goes back to that child and threatens, if you don't give me more sexually themed content, I will take what I have now and I will go to your parents, I will go to your school. And that is sextortion. That is sexual blackmail. It is. And that is incredibly, incredibly traumatizing for children because they don't know where to go. My goodness. That's that's extortion. Uh, yes. It's, it's just horrendous. Uh, on your uh, website, you also have a safety uh, uh, checklist, which uh, from our discussion paves us to that. Uh, can you speak to that? Yes, I have the IPI, I have the iPredator uh, Internet Predator Inventory, yeah. the Online Predator Prevention Checklist. I have Online Predator, uh, you know, tips. Most importantly, Mr. Diaz, it's to know that everything at my website, all the assessments, everything I've created is public domain. It's free. When you download in PDF any of my assessments, you don't even have to give uh, your, your, your email address. I don't track any of it. So you don't even have to give any personal information to download my content. So mm -hmm. you download my checklist. If you don't like them, blow your nose with it and throw it in the garbage. Very good. And I know um, on there, it is a public domain, your website, correct? Yes. Yes. Everything yeah. I've created is free to all online yeah. users. And if I remember correctly, also, you will take calls, correct? Yes, as I mentioned earlier, for the for the last 10 years, I have volunteered after work and on the weekends, I provide free volunteer confidential advice uh, to, to folks. I do want you to know I've been doing this for a decade. I, I provide everybody one call. So whether it's 10 mm. minutes or 10 hours, mm. uh, because otherwise I would be getting calls every day of the week. So provide one free volunteer call, um, you know, but it, most importantly is everything at my website is free. It's educational and it's public domain. And many of the assessments, what the online users do is, they, for instance, the cyber stalking identification interview, not that we're talking about uh, cyber stalking, mm -hmm. they print that out and they use that to help them to develop profiles, whether they know the cyber stalker or they don't know the identity. They use my, my assessments as a way to not only help compile information, but they use them to help educate their child or to mm -hmm. talk to their husband, their wife the teachers. So you use the assessment, not only for data collection, but also to communicate content information that you've been able to compile. Yes. I reviewed uh, your website. And it is a very good source, uh, doctor. I want to congratulate you for that. I really oh, do. thank you, Mr. Diaz. How uh, can my listenership uh, contact you or reach out to your website? Give us your website. If, if sure. You know. It's very www.ipredator.org dot net 
or .co, no M after the .co, because the .c, the .com, I don't know who is, is selling it for $100,000. I'm not about to spend $100,000 on yeah, exactly. so iPredator.org.net or .co. It all goes to the same website. And again, it's all uh, public domain educational. There you go. Well, I think what you're doing is very altruistic. And I, again, commend you for that. And I want to thank you for being on your lot and parcel, uh, Doctor, and I wish you the very best. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jason. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully we can help some of your listeners about uh, what I call the dark side of cyberspace, because unfortunately it's going to continue to grow. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy being online. I agree with you. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org. We trust you will sponsor our informative podcast with your generosity. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.